We're learning about Chinuch for Emona. Chinuch for Jewish identity. And therefore there's a special chapter which has to be spoken about Chinuch when it comes to Yom Tov. When it comes to those times of the Jewish year where we celebrate Jewish history. And if you're asking why this needs a special Chinuch, every child learns a story in playground playgroup and gun in school. What's it for us to add in our being mechanicha children when it comes to how we recount the story of Pesach, of Hanukkah, of Purim, or whatever Yom Tov it would be. And there's a point which needs to be spoken about. I'm saying over something I heard many years ago from Roshlem Mebrev, the Zichron And uh, over the years, I understood, I think, more of the depth of what he was trying to convey. And that is, if you would ask the average child to tell you over the story of Hanukkah, or even better, if you'd ask the average parent to tell, tell you the sto- how they t- teach their child the story of Hanukkah, I assume most people would say the following. They would tell you, that the Greeks were in control in Eretz Yisrael, the Yavonim, they forbade us from keeping the Torah, they didn't allow us to bring Korbanus in the Beis HaMikdash, they punished those people who they caught, until Matisio and his five sons got up to fight, and Hashem helped them, they were successful, they won the war, and they managed to retake Yerushalayim and we could reopen the Beis Amikdash and not the Menorah. Be- maybe based on the child's level of ability to understand is how many more details would fit in. But that would be the basic storyline. Same thing when it comes to Pesach. I assume most children, if asked to recount the way they were told the story, Obviously, it's the Most parents, the way they would say over the story to their children, we were slaves in Egypt. Pare made us work hard. Pare wouldn't allow us to leave. And Hashem sent Moshe to do the various makas. And eventually, Pare gave in and Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Once again, we could elaborate, embellish the details, go through each of the makas and explain the miracle. But that would be the basic storyline. And says Rebrevda, this is a tremendous mistake. It's a tremendous mistake. Not because it's not true, but it's because it's starting the story in the middle. We aren't starting from the beginning of the story. We're starting from the middle. And when you start a story from the middle, then a person doesn't understand the whole story. Why is it called starting the story from the middle? Because this Purim story didn't start with Haman coming to make decrees to destroy all the Jewish people. And the Pesach story didn't start with Pare deciding to enslave Kal Yisrael. And Hanukkah didn't begin with the Gezeris of the Yavanim. 
If we're going to say over the story correctly, we have to start before that. And we have to start that the Jews in the time of the second base and Mikdash weren't doing that way the properly. The Jews in the second base and Mikdash didn't consider the base and Mikdash to be something important that they had to invest effort and energy into. And Hashem sent Nevi'im. And he warned them, like Navi Malachi says, that your service of Hashem is more of a disgrace than a sign of service. You look for the worst, you look for the most unfit animals to serve, as Korbanus. And when Hashem saw that the Jewish people weren't committed to doing the Avodah, so then he took the Avodah away from them. How? How? By sending the Greeks who forbade us from keeping the Vesemitish open. And when Hashem saw doing mitzvahs wasn't important to us, so he sent the Greeks who wouldn't let us do the mitzvahs. And it's only when we realize what we did wrong, and we decided we are going to do the mitzvahs properly, and we're willing to try hard to get back to Vesemitish, then Hashem gives us back to Vesemitish. And we can do the mitzvahs again. And same thing if we're telling over the story of Pesach. It has to have the same beginning. The Jewish people in Mitzrayim were trying to be like Egyptians. They valued the Egyptian culture. They were trying to act like the Egyptians, be like the Egyptians. And Hashem didn't want the Jewish people to become like Egyptians. And the way to stop that was to make the Egyptians turned the Jews into slaves. And now the Jews were no longer like Egyptians, they were slaves. And no Egyptian would think of being like a Jew. And when Klai Yisrael realized that, and they wanted to be Klai Yisrael again, they wanted to identify as Jews, not as slaves, but as the Jews were meant to be. So then the Goyla can begin. And what's the critical point? What's the difference between the way the story is commonly told and the way which we've just recounted it now? The critical point, besides for the historical accuracy, is the emuna which comes out of the story. Let's explain. Let's explain. If a little child hears that Pari came and enslaved the Jews. And we were slaves to Pari for a long, long time. For over 200 years. And eventually, eventually, Hashem sends Moshe Rabbeinu and he does miracles and takes out of Mitzrayim. We were oppressed by the Greeks for a long time, for over 50 years. Until the Hanukkah miracle happens. So what's the lesson the child learns? Goyim, whether it's Egyptians or Greeks or Haman or anybody else, they try to hurt the Jewish people. And they're successful. They manage. Eventually, eventually Hashem pays them back. But that doesn't mean that the Jewish people didn't suffer until that happened. And didn't suffer for a long time. 
But if that's the case, what's the message he's getting? That yes, the Jewish people have suffered again and again and again. And again. And eventually Hashem rights the wrong, so to speak, and punishes those who punished us. It doesn't make you feel too confident. If your child will come home from school and say that the kid next door every day beats him up. And you will say, alright, let him beat you up. Don't worry, one day I'll, I'll pay him back. He's not going to feel much more confident about going out of the house next morning. If a person's scared now, then the idea that eventually, so to speak, the, rights, the wrongs will be righted isn't going to make him more confident. What a person who's scared wants to hear, what a child who's scared wants to hear, is I'm not going to be hurt now. He'll look after me, but no one will hurt me now. And we know little children are scared. They're confronting a world they don't yet understand, they don't feel able yet to deal with, and therefore they need to rely on their parents to look after them. And anything new, any change, anything they don't feel comfortable to deal with, makes them scared. It could be the dark, it could be a strange situation, people they don't know, it's a natural response. I don't know how to deal with a situation, I don't feel confident, and I'm looking for somebody to protect me. And a child naturally feels that way to his parents. And therefore, naturally, the feeling the parents want the child to have is, don't worry, I'm looking after you. Don't worry, I'm looking after you means I'm looking after you that you won't get hurt. I'm looking after you that nobody will do anything to you. Not don't worry, I'm looking after you that if somebody does, I will then find a way to pay them back. And therefore, if the lesson in the Muna we're teaching our children is that Goyim always hurts Klai Yisrael. Goyim always start up with us. But, don't worry, Hashem pays them back isn't a feeling of confidence. That's not the lesson we want our children to feel. The lesson anymore we want our children to feel is they can be confident. Hashem is looking after us. Hashem is looking after us and when Hashem looks after us, nothing can happen. Hashem is looking after us and when Hashem is looking after us, we protect us, we say. As much as the guy wants to try, Hashem is there to protect us. That's the message to teach our children. As Klai Yisrael, they have to know that our confidence is What we're relying on to save us isn't our army, isn't our technology, isn't our strength. What we're relying on to protect us is Hashem. And protection means Hashem doesn't let anybody hurt us. So how then do we tell the story of Yom Tov? If we want our children to feel protected, that Hashem is there to prevent them getting harmed. Like the Pasuk says, He'll send his malachim to look after, look after you, to watch you in everything you do. If we want our children to feel the money, Hashem is protecting us. That the one who protects Klai is always awake to us. He never loses, so to speak, his attention. He never takes up his watchful gaze from Klai Yisrael. 
with how do we reconcile it with the stories, the many stories of Kal Yisrael suffering in Gaulus, even if the end result was a miracle. And the answer is, and this is the important point, as long as Kal Yisrael are doing what Hashem wants them to do, they're protected. That's the agreement. Hashem protects us as long as we're doing what Hashem wants. If we're keeping the Torah, if we're doing the mitzvahs, then we protect it. But if Klai Yisrael stop keeping the Torah, if Klai Yisrael are not doing the mitzvahs, then we don't have the same level of protection. And therefore, Goyim always have tried to harm Klai Yisrael. What stops them is Hashem's promise that He's looking after us. But when Klai Yisrael stop keeping the Torah, when Klai Yisrael are no longer doing the mitzvahs, we lose that protection. And when we lose that protection, then the Goyim can come. And then the Goyim can do what the Goyim have always wanted to do. To oppress us, to enslave us, to kill us, to exile us, to stop us keeping the mitzvahs. And the second point to learn is even when that happens and Klai Yisrael have done wrong and therefore we've been punished the option of doing tshuva and regaining Hashem's protection is always there. As soon as we do tshuva Hashem returns to protect us. And therefore the way to tell over the story of Pesach there's a reason why Paro was allowed to enslave us. It wasn't just because Paro wanted to. If you want the Makar, the Pasuk says clearly, Hofach libom lisnoi amoi. Hashem turned their hearts to hate him, to hate his people. The Egyptians didn't have to be anti-Semites. On the contrary, Yosef and his family had only done good for them. Yosef had stored food to keep them Alive during the hunger. Yaakov Avinu had made the hunger, the famine end. There would be no reason for them to hate the Jewish people. But Hashem made that happen because of something the Jewish people did wrong. And therefore, when Kai Israel realized what they had done wrong, and now turned to Daven for Hashem to save them? He did. They weren't condemned to be slaves forever. There was a reason for the Chorpen Bes Migdash. There was a reason why Homan was allowed to try and plot to kill the entire Jewish people. There's something we did wrong. Because if we had done nothing wrong, then Hashem would have protected us from Homan. Like he protected us from the other hundred potential Homans who had come before him and came after him. I never saw the ideas come to fruition because Hashem is watching us. And I'll prove it to you. Antiochus wasn't the beginning of the Greek Empire. The original Greek emperor, the one who conquered Eris Israel, like he conquered most of the world, was Alexander the Great. And by rights, Alexander, as a student of the philosophy of Greece, he should have been the one to restrict the Avoida. He should have been the one 
to forbid the mitzvahs. And yet, even if Alexander originally had those intentions, we find that when he met Shimon at Tzadik the Kohen Gadol, Alexander became the defender of the Jews. The Beis HaMikdash continued to function with royal sanction. Anyone who tried to oppose that was, was silenced. So the Greeks didn't have to be enemies. When Kaisal were doing what was expected of them, on the contrary, they were our, our allies. And it's only when the Kaisal wanted to change and become like Greeks, then the permission was given to the Greeks to interfere with us and stop us doing mitzvahs. And even then, and even then, the story doesn't end there. When Kaisal realized what they had done wrong, and rallied to the call of me, Hashem. Who is like you, Hashem? And therefore we're going to try to be Moser and Nefesh, to show a sacrifice to do mitzvahs. Then Hashem responds. And therefore, the important point we learn from the story of the miracles which we celebrate in the course of the Jewish year. Number one. Kaisal are never abandoned. And even in those situations and times where it looks like Kaisal have been abandoned, it's only as much as we aren't keeping the Torah. As much as we keep in the Torah, Hashem comes back to protect us. And when Hashem is protecting us, nothing can go wrong. And therefore, the message for the children, the message for ourselves, really, the message of Emunah is. When we have Hashem's protection, we don't need anything else. When Hashem is watching us, nothing in the world can harm us. No nation, no enemy, no army. We only need to worry if we're not doing what Hashem wants. Not that we've been abandoned, but that Hashem will allow the going then to come until until we go back to doing what he wants. Because when we do, then that protection is resumed. And once again we protect it. This is true on the communal level. Klan as a whole. But Hashem is protecting every individual too. And in order to merit Hashem's protection, what we needed to do is obey what Hashem wants. If a child is scared, he's scared of the night, he's scared of the dark, he's scared of the unknown, he's scared of factors which he doesn't, which he's heard about. The way to respond always is, Hashem is looking after you. Not that there are no tragedies in the world. Not that nobody gets sick. There are, there are bad things which can happen. But if Hashem is looking after you, then nothing will happen to you. And how does, one, how does one make sure Hashem is looking after him? If we do what Hashem wants us to do, then we can be sure Hashem is looking after us. Yes, as an aside, there may be exceptions. People always ask, in the time of Gezerah, in the time when the Tzadikim and the Hashem all died, the time of the Khurban, the time of the Holocaust, other times like that. That's true. That's true. 
the Gemara says that when the Rishus is given to the Mashchis, permission is given to the destroyer, he doesn't make a difference between Tzadik and Rishay. He's allowed to destroy. But we're not talking now in a situation when there's a Mashchis. When the Malach HaMavis has been given free reign to destroy. Even then there's a Mokham for Ramona, but that's a different discussion. We're talking now in the average situation we're in. With Baruch Hashem, we don't see that the Mashchis has been given free reign. But we do see sickness, we do see sorrows, we do see other problems. It's true. It's true. There are problems in the world. But we're relying on Hashem to protect us from them. From terrorists, from sicknesses, from accidents. And the point of Imunah is, if you're scared, there's an address to turn to. If you're scared of what you can't control, and adults are also sometimes scared of factors they can't control. If it's financial, if it's if it's physical, medical, the chinuch is there's an address to turn to. Because when Hashem is protecting a person, then nothing can happen to them. And that's in Bitochan we went to Mechazek. With Bitochan that we can rely on Hashem's protection. Both Hashem's protection before the event, which we don't have a specific Yom Tov to celebrate, because that's constantly there. All the want-to-be homers and Hitlers, all the would-be oppressors of Chayshol, which never materialized because Hashem stopped them. That's also something to celebrate. And even those who were successful, we celebrate that the situation which Chayshol found itself in wasn't hopeless. When we re- reverse the factors which caused the punishments, then Hashem's protection is again available to us. And He can bring down a homon even if homon happens to be the Prime Minister. And He can destroy the Greek army even if they happen to be vastly superior. And He can inflict miraculous plagues and powers, which the world has never heard of before. And therefore, there's never a situation where we can't look towards and rely on Hashem's protection. That's the first point. And the second point. It's Mechaivas. It's Mechaivas to do the mitzvahs. Mechaivas to listen to him so he'll be worthy of receiving that protection. This is the full story. And that's why I said the Yom Tovim of the year are an opportunity to teach him on. But we have to hear the whole story. Not to start with punishment and leave the impression that the Jewish people are the soft, so to speak, target for whoever wants to oppress us. That just encourages fear. Rather to see the story the other way around. About how Klaishal survived and not been harmed by so many who wanted to harm us. You see Hashem watching us. And Shaknesa said, when the Navi said Klaishal in Godless, where do you see Hashem's strength? when his children are enslaved. And the response to that of the Anshaknesa that's the strength. You see that even the Klaishal are in a weak position, vulnerable, surrounded by wolves, 
and yet they still survive, there you see Hashem's protection. Our career in Goddess has been one of being surrounded by wolves. And for the most part, Klaishal weren't destroyed. Yes, we talk about periods of time where Klaishal suffered. Pogroms, Cossacks, the Inquisition, the Holocaust. There were periods of punishment. But there were many times also in Goddess where Klaishal was successful. And no one was able to harm them. When Klaishal deserved it, that Hashem's protection. The times we got punished, we understand were times we weren't living up to. The standards expected of us to deserve Hashem's protection. But the chinuch has to be for ourselves too. That that's all we have to rely on. When you're a sheep surrounded by wolves, you don't have natural defenses. You're relying on the shepherd. Klaishal's position has always been we have to rely on Hashem. And if that necessitates keeping the Torah, that's even more reason to keep the Torah. We have to rely on Hashem. And the Yom Tovim of the year are beacons to show us what happens when we do rely on Hashem. Where we see the reversal of punishment to reward. We see the downfall of the enemies who are allowed to oppress us. And we have to understand, to finish with this, that that, even that, is only the second best option. When Klaishal fell and had to regain Hashem's protection, the Eko Haidah, for the Nisdechah Shabachol Yomimonu, for the Nisdechah which are always there, is when we're experiencing Hashem's protection and nothing can go wrong. And those who want to oppress us are silenced. Because when we deserve, if you don't have to go through the, pro- the process of punishment in order to deserve to be, to be saved. On the contrary, Hashem stops any would-be oppressor before he even begins. Like we said, HaKadosh Baruch is always awake, always alert to protect us as long as we show ourselves deserving of that protection.